Good morning again, church. Long time no see. Uh, hey, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely, I think our worship team is amazing. Can we give a round of applause for our worship team? I think, I don't know, one of, one of these Sundays, we just need to not have a message and just worship one of these days. I'll tell you what, I keep telling Ellie all the time that she needs to audition for The Voice. Uh, she's wonderful. So, uh, but I'm, I'm uh, going to be talking on a little uh, deeper subject today, and it's the uh, subject that I believe affects all of us, and it's kind of shaped a lot of, of who we are today, and that's the, the subject of rejection um, and talking about how, how the devil uses that and how God has overcome that. Um, and we're going to be doing that from the lens of two brothers, um, Jacob and Esau, and uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 25, so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can flip there. Uh, we'll start in verse 21, and so it says, Isaac Uh, Isaac's wife, so Isaac is the son of Abraham. Isaac's wife could not have children, so Isaac Isaac prayed for her. The Lord heard Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant. While she was pregnant, the babies fought inside her, and she asked, why is this happening to me? Because she did not have the modern technologies we do today. And so she went to get an answer from the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your body, and two groups of people will be taken from you. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And that's a very important prophecy that that God gave her because um, typically what would happen is when the father died, um, the blessing would go to the older son, the the farmland, um, the servants, the crops, the property, everything would belong to uh, the oldest son. And the younger siblings would serve the older one, and they would keep the family uh, intact that way. Uh, But God had promised that uh, the older one would actually be the servant to the younger. And so it says, when the time came, Rebecca gave birth to twins. The first baby was born red. Since his skin was like a hairy robe, he was named Esau. Now, uh, typically in scripture, uh, names are given to describe the provision that God's given you or the blessing that God has given you. But instead, they just chose to name their son Harry. Um, That's what Esau translates to is Harry. Uh, And then it says, when the second baby was born, he was holding on to Esau's heel. Uh, So that baby was named Jacob, and Jacob literally translates to heel holder. So their names were Harry and heel holder. It's uh, probably similar to what you would expect uh, today's names to be. They just, the first thing they see, rainwater, tree bark, you know, whatever you name your kid now, it doesn't even matter. Uh, But I think that the reason that uh, they were given these names was because of the last part of this verse. It says, Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. And so I kind of picture Isaac being this like old get off my lawn type guy who he just he just says it like it is that's that's Harry and that's heel holder so uh, that that was that's Isaac it goes on to say uh, when the boys grew up Esau became a skilled hunter and he loved to be out in the fields but Jacob was a quiet man and he stayed among the tents and so they started to live very different lives and it says Isaac loved Esau because he hunted the wild animals that Isaac enjoyed eating but Rebecca loved Jacob now, I know my parents won't say it, but I know for a fact that I am my parents' favorite child, okay? So I believe that uh, when, they, when they had me, uh, they realized how perfect I was. They were like, man, we are good at this. Like, let's do this again. And then they gave birth to my brother Tanner, and they were like, ah, never mind. That one has horns. So I don't know what we did to the world now. So I was a one-of-a-kind baby, and they, they stopped when they realized that. Uh, but in all seriousness, I don't know if parents play favorites or have favorites. I don't have any kids, but uh, normal parents won't tell you who the favorite is. Uh, but it was clear in this story 
that Isaac loved Esau and Rebekah loved Jacob. And we're going to be looking at this, looking at this story from the, from the perspective of Jacob. Um, so I believe that everyone needs the love of a, mother, of a mother, but I also believe that a father's love is very important as well. And I think that the, the wound of rejection uh, that, that Jacob felt by that lack of, of relationship with his father did a lot to him. And I would say that the core of most of our identity issues are from the wounds of rejection. Maybe for you it was a parent. Maybe for you it was a sibling. Uh, maybe for you it was a friend who had said something negative about you and it has shaped the way you live your life now. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe you didn't make the team and your friends did and it's, it has impacted you to this day. Maybe it was a mentor or a coworker. But I believe that we've all been hit by a wound of rejection and it's, and it's shaped us for who we are today. Um, and so if we fast forward a little bit to Genesis chapter 27, we fast forward a chapter. It says in verse 1, when Isaac was old, his eyesight was poor, so he couldn't see very well. One day he called his older son Esau and said, hey, son. And Esau said, I'm right here. Isaac said, I'm old and I don't know when I'm going to die. So take out your bow and arrow and go hunting in the field for an animal for me to eat. Prepare it and bring it to me and I will eat it and I will give you the blessing. So Esau went out into the field to hunt, but Rebekah was in the background listening to this conversation. And uh, she said to Jacob, she said, listen, I heard your father saying this to your brother Esau, kill an animal, prepare it for me to eat, and I will bless you in the presence of the Lord. So she overhears this plan. And so she comes up with a plan of her own. She says, obey me, do what I tell you, go out to the goats and bring me one of the two of the best ones you can find. I will prepare them just the way your father likes them. And then he will take the, you'll take the food to your father and he will bless you instead. So this is right, right here is Rebecca coming up with this plan to make sure that God's promise happens, right? God had promised that the older one would be a servant to the younger one. And what Rebecca is really saying is, Jacob, you're not good enough on your own. You're, you're the second one. You're, you're, the, you're the substitute. You're not good enough. And I believe that because Jacob had that wound of his father, uh, believing, having faith in Esau more than he did Jacob, uh, instead of Jacob saying, no, we need to follow God's process in order to get God's promise, uh, he was listening to the lies that, that, were, that were told about him, and, and he chose to listen to the plan. Um, and I would say that the first step of rejection, the first step in the progression of rejection is that we become deceived. We start hearing those lies that are said that, that we're not good enough and that we need to be someone else. Maybe if, maybe if I was more like this person or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe if I had somebody else's calling or maybe if, maybe if I had this, a marriage that was like theirs or maybe if my kids were like, acted like theirs uh, or maybe if I had a different job or maybe if I had these connections, then I could really do what God's calling me to do. But, but me... I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not equipped, I'm not talented enough. And so he chooses to follow his mom's instructions. Uh, it says that she took the best clothes from Esau's closet uh, and put them on Jacob, and she also took the goat skins and put them on Jacob's hands and neck. Uh, and so the, the next step of, of rejection is once we believe those lies, once we listen to, to the lies and, and we, we start to believe them, we put on a disguise. We try to convince people that we're actually someone that we're not. And we do exactly what Jacob did, and that's put on a different outfit. And so what he did was he went 
into Jake into Esau's closet and found his best flannel shirt. I kind of imagine Esau is a flannel guy. I don't know. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he puts this on. And if you have a if you have a flannel like this, you've got to have a pretty sick wig. So he puts on puts on Esau's hair because Esau's a hairy guy, right? And uh, he uh, says that they put the goat skins on his arms. This isn't working for me. I'm going to take this one off. They put the goat skins on his arms, so he puts these on, and then said that they put uh, more skin around his neck. What do you guys think? Do I look good? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is this is how he dressed up. This is how he. This was his plan to go in looking like this. But if I think if we really looked at our lives, this is how we look. This is what we look like. We're trying to dress up and play a part of somebody that we're not. You know, we listen to those lies that Jacob listened to that said, Jacob isn't good enough. People don't like Jacob. Jacob can't fulfill the promise that God's got, him, that God's got in store for him. So I have to be my best version of Esau. Even though I'm not him, I have to try and be him. See, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that God can't bless the person you pretend to be. God has a plan for you. God, God created you intentionally with the, same, with the flaws that you have, with the insecurities that you have, and with the talents and strengths that you have. And he's calling you right now to believe that he made you on purpose, for a purpose. In fact, uh, I think there's a lot of times uh, where, you know, we, we do uh, some examples of where we might do this would be coming to church. Maybe some of you who have younger kids, you know, this morning you were getting your kids ready for, ready for church and then you had to go do your makeup and you come back and the kid is wearing swim trunks instead of khaki pants or something. And so you got to change the kid and then you got to get your makeup on and you rush out the door because you're late. Husband's watching ESPN. And, and so you get in the car and everybody's mad at everybody. The kids are crying and you say, you know, you better, you better straighten up for when we get to church. And then you get to church and the greeter says, hey, how you doing? And you say, oh, we're doing, we're doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing? I think we all put on a, f- a fake self sometimes. Uh, we do this all the time on Facebook and Instagram. We'll doctor up a picture and put hashtag no filter. Um, we'll, we'll, all, we almost always see the happy moments. It was actually really funny. Uh, last week, uh, we get, I did get to see a sad moment. It was uh, uh, Mike and his, his wife, their, their kids decided to repaint the house. So that, was a, that was a fun one. But you don't see moments like that as much as you do the happy ones. It seems like everyone is having a wonderful life if you look at social media. And so God can't bless the person we pretend to be. See, in the story, the only person who even gets fooled is a blind man, and he gets suspicious. And if we go to Genesis 27, verse 17, it says, She gave Jacob the food and the bread that she'd made, and Jacob went into his father's room and said, His father said, My son, who are you? And Jacob said, I'm Esau. I'm your firstborn son. I've done what you told me. Now sit up, eat from the animal I've cooked for you, and it's time to bless me. But Isaac asked his son, he said, how did you find the animal so quickly? And he gave the the quickest answer that all kids do is Jesus. He said, because the Lord helped me find it. And Isaac said to Jacob, he said, come near so I can touch you, my son, and then I'll know if you're my son Esau. So Jacob came near to Isaac, his father. Isaac touched him and said, your voice sounds like Jacob, but your hands are hairy like Esau. Can we pause for a second? Like, 
this guy just put goat on. And his, his dad's like, that's my goat son right there. That's him. That's him. Every day he's like, oh, yeah, that's the one I've known for 15 years. That's my boy right there. Jeez. Before body grooming, I feel bad for this guy. Some of us think we have problems with some back hair or something. We have nothing compared to the Esau. Bible says Isaac did not know it was Jacob because his hands were hairy like Esau's hands. Um, so he began to bless him. Uh, but he starts to ask another question. He's like, are you really Esau? And Jacob said, yes, I am. And Isaac said, bring me the food and I'll eat it and then I'll bless you. So Jacob gave him the food and he ate. And he gave him the wine and he drank. And Isaac said to him, he said, come near so, so you can kiss me. And Jacob, said to his, Jacob went to his father and kissed him. And Isaac smelled his clothes. And so he's this stinky dude who works in a field. And Isaac's response is, that's the smell of my boy. I love that. That's the sweet smell I love. This guy's crazy. I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but he chooses, and then he gets blessed. And so it seems, even though it seems like he's getting closer and closer to the spot that God's got for him because he got the blessing, just like God said. The truth is, is that he was doing it his way. And when you do it this way, uh, we do, just like we all do, we experience destruction. He was going deeper and deeper into the lie, trying to convince everybody and himself that he was the one who deserved the blessing. And now he's destroyed his relationship with his father and he's destroyed the relationship with his brother. In verse 41, it says, after that, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing from Isaac. He thought to himself, my father will soon die and I will be sad, but then I will kill Jacob. And so his family, his family hates him. God told him that he's supposed to be leading his brother, but his brother wants to kill him. And so he is so far off from the destiny that God's got for him because he's trying to be someone that he's not. And so he moves, he ends up moving. Uh, he gets a, a bigger family, a family of his own. He, he, uh, gets a lot of wealth. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, I think that this is a story we can all relate to, that, that we get to that point where we thought we had it all together because we were able to hide the problems, but then the problems just become too big. And we have to run away, just like he did. We think to ourselves that we put on a persona, we think that the illusion that we're trying to create is working, but it's not. And I want to tell you that you'll never reach your potential by dressing up like someone that you're not. You're never going to reach your potential by being somebody else. I think we've got to get to the point where we recognize that God made us with our insecurities, with our flaws, with our struggles, and he's got a plan for us. And so, like I said, he ends up moving, kind of doing his own thing. Um, but then, then the Lord calls him back. He says, hey, it's time for you to go home. It's time for you to move on. And, and I believe that God is always ready to do a new thing in our life. If we, you don't have to turn here, but it says in Isaiah 43, it says, look at the new thing I'm going to do. That's God talking. I believe God's ready to do something new in your heart and in your life. And so, like I said, he, he builds this family, but God calls him back, back home. He says, it's time to go home and be the leader that I've called you to be. It's time to go home and make amends with your family and with your brother specifically. And so what he does is he packs up all the, all the crops, uh, all the animals and his family, and he sends them on this boat. Uh, and he's got another boat that he's going to be driving. Uh, but 
he's not going to do that until the morning. So it's evening time, and he's sitting alone on the beach just having a conversation with God. And there's a man who is, is the Lord. The Lord shows up as a, as a man and has a conversation with him. And, and so it says in, in Genesis 32, if you want to flip there, starting in verse 24, it says, So Jacob was alone, and a man wrestled with him until the sun came up. And when he saw that, and when he saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint. And so because of that encounter, Jacob actually lived with a limp for the rest of his life. And it says, then he said to Jacob, let me go. The sun is coming up. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And I think this, that statement is significant because up to this point, Jacob has always had to manipulate and lie his way into a blessing. But now he's just being open and honest with his situation. And he's saying, it's just bless me, God, bless me. I'm going to grab a hold of you, and I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And so the first step of overcoming rejection is to grab a hold of Jesus. To grab a hold of Jesus and be marked forever by an encounter with him. See, Jacob was marked with a literal encounter with a, a, a bad hip for the rest of his life. I don't think God's going to do that to you. I think he wants to change your heart. I think if we grab a hold of Jesus, God's going to do something in your heart. He's going to help you realize that there's no amount of wealth that you could accrue, and there's no amount of relationships that you could gather that would take away that wound. And if we keep looking at people, if we keep looking at that next item that we have to have, if we keep looking at that struggle, we're never going to get to where God's got, got us and got in store for us. We've got to get to the point where we say, I'm not going to repeat the patterns and the struggles that I'm in. I'm not going to go after the approval of people. I'm going to grab a hold of Jesus and I'm going to let him change my life. See this, you don't have to flip here. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, If anyone grabs a hold of Christ, he's a new creation. The old you is gone, and he's making you new. He's making you new. He's changing your heart every day. And so the story continues. Uh, Jacob, Jacob said, I'm not going to let go until you give me the blessing. And now he says, the man said to him, he said, What is your name? And he answered back. He said, My name is Jacob. And again, this is very significant because up to this point, he's always said, my name is Esau. But now he's being open and honest with himself. He said, this is who I really am. I'm the manipulator. I'm the substitute. I'm the liar. I'm the second born. I'm the heel holder. And so the second step to overcoming rejection is being honest with yourself. Being able to go, up, go to God and be, and be honest with him. To be able to say, God, these are the things, this is what I'm battling. This is what I'm struggling with. God, I, this is my identity issue. I don't like the way I look. I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like the struggle that I'm battling. And if that disqualifies me from what you've got in store for me, I want a relationship with you no matter what. See, but the thing is, is, is when we do that, that's when God shows up in a big way. In 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, he will forgive us. He'll cleanse us from all the wrongs that we've done. The word confess in that sentence is the word homologio, and it just means to agree with God. See, when we confess our sins to God and we tell God what's going on in our life, he's not sitting up there like, really? O-M-Me. Some of you guys will get that on the way home. O-M-Me. I had no idea you were going through that. You had me fooled. There's, God knows all the hairs on your head, and he knows everything about you. And he knows when you're not being the real you. He knows when you're trying to be somebody else. And when we confess our sins, 
that doesn't disqualify us from what God's got in store for us. That's the trigger point for launching ourselves to where God's got in store for us. Because the Bible says, in our weakness, he is made perfect. In our weakness, he is strong. In our weakness, that opens the door to show other people what God is doing and what God has done. And that opens the door for other people to have an encounter with Jesus. And so by, by being open and being honest with our weakness, we can be a light for Christ. The story goes on. And the man does bless him. The Lord blesses him. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will now be Israel. See, what happened is that God gave him a fresh start. The word Israel, the name Israel was more, more essential than the word Jacob than the word heel holder. It means God prevails. And he was given that name because after all of the times Jacob tried to prevail, he realized it didn't work. After all the times I tried doing it my way, it's just not working. And, and so he gave him a new name and it said, God prevails. See, the same thing happened on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus prevailed. And he's just wanting, wanting you to get a hold of him. He's just asking you to get a hold of him. And he's waiting to give you a new name. He's waiting for you to get a fresh start. That's what he's got in store for you. He wants to give you a fresh start. And that's what I'm going to be praying for you for today. I pray that we'll go home and, and we'll recognize that Jesus loves you. We know the song. I hope we can just hold, have it, hold it in our hearts rather than just in our heads. Jesus loves you. Grab a hold of him. Acknowledge the things that, that, are, that are rough in your life, that, that are against what God says. Acknowledge those things to him because he's going to give you a fresh start and a new name. But I think the coolest thing in, in Scripture uh, in this passage is that whenever this story was mentioned from, future, from the future, uh, it, it mentioned the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that was the family lineage. And, and forever in the New Testament, and, and now we call God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob because of who got the blessing. And, and it's interesting that, that we don't call it the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Israel because that's his new name. But like I said, God wants to use you where you're at right now. He wants Jacob. He wants you right where you are right now. And so I pray that after this, you will, you won't, we won't just go home and, and say, that was a good message. Thanks, God, for the message. But I hope it's something that we'll take to heart and we'll grab a hold of Jesus in a way we never have before. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for your word. God, you are doing a work in each one of our hearts and you're changing us. And God, I pray, I pray that you change us in a way like you never have before, God, that, that the wounds, the rejection that we are facing are wounds that we don't have to hold on to anymore, that we realize they're wounds that we can let go of. God, your word says that you stand at our door and knock and you're just waiting for us to open it and you have open arms when we do that. And I pray that we do that today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.